You can turn to Genesis 25, and we're going to have a a short sermon. All right. By the way, I said it this morning, Jesse's here. He's up from Florida now, moved to New York. So you make him feel welcome. He doesn't know anybody yet, but uh, this is Bobby's uh, husband, and uh, we're certainly glad to have him. He grew up in Fort Myers, so this is a little bit different than that. But uh, let's make him feel welcome here in New York, okay? And get to meet him, so. All right. But thank you for everything. And uh, I just have uh, one thought here tonight. It says in Genesis chapter number 25 and uh, verse 8, Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man of full and full of years, and was gathered to his people. And was gathered to his people. I want to speak about that uh, statement in the scriptures, gathered unto his people. And I hope this will bless your heart as much as it blessed mine in light of my dad's recent death. Uh, My dad passed away a little bit over uh, a month ago, and just some observations and and uh, this little phrase in Scripture that's repeated many times towards the earlier part of the Bible uh, has become uh, very uh, important to me. I had a precious year with my dad. The last year was the best year, the closest year I ever had with him. He died one day short of 91 years of age, and uh, my stepmother died uh, about a year before him. Uh, and, uh, he, uh, he was all by himself for that year. And so I got to visit him more than ever, talk to him more than ever. And just was intimate with him, uh, more than all the other previous 90 years. And it was really, really precious to me. And, uh, I thought about the, uh, great gathering in the sky that's coming up and how the Bible talks about it here. And we're going to look at several verses and several different um, characters where it says that when they died, uh, after their death, it's it's, uh, followed by the statement was gathered to his people, was uh, gathered to his people. This beautifully describes the death of a saint as a time when he is gathered home uh, into heaven, uh, in their case in the Old Testament, into paradise for a while till Jesus came after his crucifixion into the lower parts of the earth and led captivity captive, took them all to heaven. But in their dispensation, they uh, went down into paradise, whereas us, we go directly to heaven. Uh, To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And uh, one of the many wonderful things about that, of course, the most wonderful thing is to finally, finally uh, be able to see with our eyes the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, and worship him. But there will also be a gathering together again of all of uh, those in your family that were were saved. And what a wonderful reunion it's going to be. One of the things that I like doing, I don't know why, but uh, if on, on YouTube, they have all these video clips. And, and, and for some reason, I just like to watch the ones where the military personnel are reunited uh, with their loved ones. I don't know if any of you have ever seen those. Some some of those are some of the most precious video clips ever, and I can never stop but cry when I'm watching them. 
and uh, they'll they'll have somebody who used their cell phone, and they'll have some little girl there in school minding her own business, and her dad standing in the back in full uniform, and she doesn't know that he's there, and he's been gone, and been serving in some combat zone or something for a year, and all of a sudden she realizes her dad is there, and she bolts for him, and they just embrace, and they just hold each other, and they just kiss each other, and and it's it's just some of the most wonderful uh, expressions, I think, of maybe what this phrase about heaven is like down here on earth. Um, and, and, and there's just so many of these on, on YouTube, and I, I love watching them. I was a military man, and, and some of you were too, and I was able to live and serve in peacetime. I'm very blessed, but not everybody has been. And sometimes it'll just be a mother, you know, they'll have a, they'll be videoing, taping a mother while she's making Christmas dinner and she don't know her son got back in time for Christmas and he walks up behind her and surprises her. And uh, some of you have seen those videos, some of you haven't, and if you haven't, I'm not doing very well describing uh, them, but boy are they precious. Those reunions that you see of those military personnel and uh, their loved ones is, is like the, about the closest thing I can set my physical eyes on and say that must be uh, what heaven is like. That must be what heaven uh, is like. And I think the one that tops them all, <laughs> I saw this about a month ago, still can't believe it, was this uh, lady, uh, she was in the military, and she got home and she was dressed in her camos, boots, and everything. And uh, not to be outdone by humans, her dog uh, saw her, and she was walking up the driveway, and the dog was outside, and the dog began to pace and start whining a little bit back and forth, looking at her from a distance. And this, this, this thing took like minutes. It was a long video. And the dog, and she kept calling him and saying, come here, and the dog was just trying to size her up just, just, just couldn't believe it, who it was. And then after about a minute of this, this dog just bolts for her and just knocks her over and just starts kissing her, licking her all over her face. And, and this goes on and on and on. And I have never seen a happier dog in my life than that video. I don't even know what, what you would look up. Uh, but uh, those uh, those dogs, they you know, biblically they teach us what worship is. Uh, in fact, the word worship comes from a Greek word of a dog licking its master. Uh, that's what worship is. And uh, this this dog was just all over and just and just would not get off of her and was just uh, just just you could just see somehow this dog's love. And uh, I can't imagine some of the expressions we have in the scriptures of of a, a people who hadn't seen each other in a while. In Genesis 33 and verse 4, it says, And Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. This was Jacob and Esau, who prior to this were pretty much enemies. 
<coughs> because Esau <coughs> had felt he'd been robbed of his blessing and his birthright. He pretty much gave him up. And they had been separated for decades. And now the inevitable reunion came. And you didn't know what was going to happen because Esau's coming at Jacob with 400 men, uh, soldiers, if you will. And Jacob, of course, wrestled with an angel that night. They asked God, God to bless him, and we went through that a couple of weeks ago. And Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. That was in this life. That was in this life. In Genesis 45 and verse number 14 about Joseph. Joseph had a younger brother, Benjamin. He'd never met him before. And Joseph was taken off to be a slave in Egypt. You know the story. And Joseph's mother, Rachel, had one more boy named Benjamin. She died in childbirth. He never saw his mom again ever. But now he was going to see his only true biological brother for the first time ever. And we read in Genesis 45 and verse 14, And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. And uh, we, we think, what a touching story. What a touching story on earth. On earth. Uh, what touching stories there are of, of reunions. And then in Genesis 46, word gets back to Jacob that Joseph is alive. He had thought that some 20-some years earlier that Joseph had been attacked by a wild animal and killed. That happens sometimes. I mean, that happened a lot, you know, back in the days before guns and stuff. A lot of people were attacked by wild animals and killed, and so he thought that he was attacked uh, by a wild animal and killed, and then finally his brethren, of course, they went down to Egypt a couple times, tried to get some food uh, because they were, were starving. And so... Uh, they went back, and then Joseph eventually revealed himself to his brothers. And uh, then finally, they, he said, go back and tell my dad that I'm alive. And, and uh, his dad, Jacob, was very old and says, bring, bring dad. I'd, I'd like to see him again. I'd like to see him again. And, and, and Jacob couldn't believe it. His heart almost stopped beating. Couldn't believe it. But then we read in Genesis 46 and verse 29, and Joseph made ready his chariot. And went up to meet Israel, his father, to Goshen, and presented himself unto him. And he fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. These precious stories. These are precious stories. And uh, of military personnel, Bible reunions down here on earth. But if it's like this, and it can be like this on earth, the depth of that love, what is heaven going to be like? What is heaven going to be like when the Bible says Abraham died and was gathered unto his people? He died and was gathered unto his people. Look at chapter number 25 and verse number 17. Now this one kind of really surprised me. It says, and these are the years of the life of Ishmael. 130 and 7 years, and he gave up the ghost and died and was gathered unto his people. <coughs> For some reason, maybe it's me, I never pictured Ishmael as a believer. 
in the Lord, and yet all the scriptures seem to teach otherwise. Uh, He's first mentioned in chapter number 16 and verse 11 of Genesis, and his father uh, gives him the name of Ishmael, uh, which means literally, the Lord shall hear me. The Lord shall hear me. Remember L, that suffix, suffix L, anytime it's on a word, it means God. Last week we studied Israel, Beth L. Some of you remember that lady, J L. And uh, Samuel L. And Ishmael L. The Lord will hear me. The Lord will hear me is the name. Now, Ishmael, we think of the Ishmaelites, and some, sometimes people in their judgment condemn them to Satan and hell forever for some reason. I don't know why so many have become true believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, descendants of Ishmael. It doesn't matter to God. He'll save a Gentile as fast as he'll save a Jew if they believe on the Lord. And uh, we have this wrong concept about um, Ishmael, in fact, uh, the Lord said this about Abraham as a father in Genesis 18. Uh, the Lord said this about Abraham, Ishmael's father. Now, you, you men that are here, listen up. God said this about Abraham, for I know him, that he shall command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. Wouldn't that be nice if God could say that about us men? I know him. That's what God said about Abraham. I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. That's what God knew about Abraham. Isaac wasn't Abraham's only son. It was the promised seed, but prior to that, unfortunately, he had a relationship with a lady named Hagar, and she became pregnant, and that was fornication. It was wrong. But still, when he had his son Ishmael, after that prophecy, God, God said, I know him. He's going to teach his children. He's going to command them in the way. And so he named him Ishmael. And you know that later on, Abraham had Isaac, and Sarah didn't like uh, Hagar, and her son Ishmael, and so they finally put them out into the wilderness. It was it's one of the saddest stories you'll, you'll read in the Bible, and it just absolutely was heart-wrenching to Abraham to do that, but he had to try to keep peace with his wife Sarah and uh, the chosen seed Isaac, and so he gives her a bottle of water, and he sends Hagar, the Egyptian servant, out into the wilderness with her son Ishmael, who's now 14 years of age, And uh, they go out into the wilderness and she runs out of water in the bottle and she separates herself from her 14-year-old boy and says, I I don't want to see him. Uh, She says, let me not see the death of the child in Genesis 21 and verse 16. And she sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept. But the next verse says this, verse 17, very telling. And God heard the voice of the lad... Who's that? That's Ishmael. And God heard the voice of the lad. And uh, 
Um, I just met, lost my place here. Uh, and God heard the voice of the lad, verse 17, and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad. Where he is. What was his name? Ishmael. What did it mean? God shall hear me. God shall hear me. And a 14-year-old boy can get his prayers answered as fast as anybody on earth if they're taught to pray. And Abraham taught Ishmael how to pray, and it saved his life. And Hagar had lost all hope. Her water was done. But her son started praying. And it says, And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. See, God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. God's done that for some of you, for some of us. Some of us, the Bible meant nothing to us. Now it means everything to us. And we draw from it every day. And we drink from it every day. And it satisfies us. God opened her eyes. And listen to verse 20. And God was with the lad. Doesn't say, and Satan was with the lad, like some people think. It says, and God was with the lad, and he grew, and dwelt in the wilderness, and became an archer. And then Hagar went to Egypt, found a wife for him. He got married, started having children, and became father of pretty much the largest nations on earth today. Ishmael, the Lord shall hear me. And so when it came to the time of his death, we read here in chapter 25 and verse number 17. And these are the years of the life of Ishmael, 130 and seven years, and he gave up the ghost and died and was gathered unto his people. It says about Isaac in Genesis 35 and uh, verse number 29. And Isaac gave up the ghost and died and was gathered unto his people, being old and full of days. And then in chapter 49, it says the same about Jacob. It says in Genesis 49 and verse uh, number 29, and he charged them and said unto them, I am to be gathered unto my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah. And then down in verse 33, And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet into his bed and yielded up the ghost and was gathered unto his people. You see, death is is beautifully portrayed to us here uh, to help us. Get through that season as a regathering, a reunion with all of those loved ones we have known, relatives or friends, people we've led to Christ as a gathering unto his people. Now, it's not talking about a cemetery plot. It's not talking about getting everybody together and getting them all buried in the same place, which some families do that. That's okay. Because he buried 
Rachel, his wife, in Ephrata. But he said, I want to be buried in the cave of Machpelah. And those are 15 miles apart. 15. So they weren't together in their physical burial. But they were together in their spiritual reunion after they uh, died. And he saw Rachel uh, again. Um, when uh, we get to um, Numbers, and I'm almost done, I really am. Numbers, chapter number 20, we read now about Aaron. In verse 24, Aaron shall be gathered unto his people. That's how death is described. For he shall not enter into the land which I have given unto the children of Israel, because ye rebelled against me by the word, by the water of Meribah. Verse 26, and strip Aaron of his garments, and put them upon Eleazar his son, and Aaron shall be gathered unto his people, and shall die there. So twice, God says, I'm, I'm coming for Aaron. Uh, his time's done, his work's done, and he's going to be gathered unto his people. He's going to die. And the Lord uses those, those, that description in the same breath. Death, burying, gathered unto his people. And so Aaron was gathered unto uh, his people. And then the Lord would say about his brother Moses in Numbers chapter 27 and verse 13, And when thou hast seen it, thou shalt be gathered unto thy people as Aaron thy brother was gathered. And so prophetically speaking, we now have it said about Moses that he too, when he died, would be gathered unto his people. In uh, chapter 31 and verse 2 of Numbers, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Avenge the children of Israel of the Midianites. Afterward shalt thou be gathered unto thy people. And then there's a great pause with, uh, of, of uh, um, repetition called the book of Deuteronomy. But finally, we read in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, and uh, verse number 50, it says about Moses, And die in the mount whither thou goest up, and be gathered unto thy people, as Aaron thy brother died in Mount Hor, and was gathered unto his people. And then the death of Moses is described in chapter 34. And verse 5, So Moses the servant of the Lord died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord, and he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor, but no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. <coughs> Even though nobody knows where God buried Moses, praise the Lord, because you know what man would do with that. You know what the devil would do with that. If we had a sepulcher to, to Moses, you know what would happen. People would be up there worshiping him. And God knew that, and he says, I'm going to bury him in a place nobody can find. In fact, Satan and Michael started fighting over that thing in Jude chapter 1 and verse 9. And Satan was probably trying to get it out of Michael. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Because uh, Satan loves to use religion and the worship of man, the worship of saints, and all that to distract us from the Lord Jesus Christ. But anyways, the Bible says Moses would be gathered unto his people. So it's not talking about his burial place. Nobody even knows where that is. 
but it's talking about paradise. Can you imagine Moses? 603,000 funerals in his congregation, and that's just the men in 40 years. That's a lot of people. That's just the men who died during his leadership. As he led the church in the wilderness, it was called the congregation through the wilderness. That's just the men that died. And I do believe that many of them were believers, many of them were repentant, many of them were sorrowful over the decision they had made. Many of them participated in the yearly uh, Passover, uh, which was a picture to them looking forward to the Messiah, to Jesus Christ dying for them, just as we look back to Christ. 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Christ, our Passover is sacrifice for us. But can you imagine Moses and the people he was gathered unto? Can you imagine that? Here comes Moses. There's maybe 600,000 in heaven. And remember those scriptures about falling on each other's neck and kissing and weeping for a while and what that must have been like for Moses saying, boy, we had a rough time going through the wilderness and we paid a horrible price, but we got here. We got here, praise God, we got here. I've said this many times, and I will tell you, die. This all ends very well for us. This all ends very well for us. And I look forward to going to be with the Lord first of all. But just imagine all the people. Uh, you know, many times people have said to me, Do you remember so and so? No, yeah, my brother. You remember him? You led him to Christ. And I said, boy, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. Or through our ministry, people came to Christ. Imagine how many people are in heaven right now who through our efforts, through our ministries over the years, maybe a bus ran, picked them up one time. Maybe one time they came. We never knew their names. But while they were here, they received Christ as Savior. Can you imagine what a reunion that'll be? What a reunion that'll be. I'd like to sing a couple songs here before we go downstairs that I chose. While I do that, though, I want the ushers to give these out. These are the buyer's um, <clears throat> prayer cards. This is the lady who has the uh, aggressive leukemia, okay? Shiloh Buyer, wonderful, wonderful missionaries we've supported for a long time. Just take it home. And what I want you to do, if you could do this, uh, this isn't the sermon or nothing, but I'd like you to put this on your dinner table. This one, okay, all of our missionaries are important, but this one here, if you could put it in this Shiloh, mother of five, you see her five children there. Very aggressive leukemia. This is uh, Brother Tom Bard and Debbie Bard's daughter. Some of you remember him, he'd been here before, preached. And if you could just keep Shiloh in prayer. Let's even pray for a miracle of healing. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. But let's, uh, in, getting back to the sermon, turn to page uh, 673. 673. You're going to sing a couple songs, then we'll have some refreshments. I, that, that sermon was mostly for me. Uh, I realized that. I hope it blessed you in some way as we look forward. This all ends very well for us. And there's going to be a reunion, brethren. There's going to be a reunion. All those church members you used to go to church with, and we buried them. I remember 
I could talk all night. I remember one fellow in our church, he was so on fire. We were in the Farnham School Building, a young adult. I think he was 23. He was just glowing, glowing. And because of his conversion to Christ, he got his parents to start attending the church. They got saved. And then in a horrific car wreck, he got killed over here on Route 5. And I did his funeral in the Farnham School Building gymnasium. It was the biggest funeral I ever did. And I remember as he was brain dead for 30 hours in the hospital and the parents came up from South Carolina and they got as far as Rochester and we found a private plane, four-seater. And they said, Pastor, would you go with the pilot and pick up the parents? It was one of the hardest things I'll do. And I remember all the way flying back from Rochester to Buffalo, they kept saying, he's going to be all right, isn't he? He's going to be all right. He's going to be all right, isn't he? And I didn't want to lie. I didn't know what to say. But he got there and he died. They were devastated. They were destroyed. But you know, I think, I, I, I've lost track of them, but I think they're with the Lord now. The parents. And I think they're back together with their son. And I can imagine they must have fell on his neck and wept and kissed a long time when they had that reunion. What a wonderful hope we have. And we'll never say goodbye in glory. And some of those things, if it weren't for verses like we studied tonight, I wouldn't know what to say to people. I wouldn't know what to say. But everything's okay now. Everything's okay now for that family. Let's stand when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. All God's people said... There's a little phrase in Revelation 19.1, and it says this, and there was much people in heaven. Isn't that precious? There was much people in heaven. In Revelation 7.9, it says there was a multitude that no man could number. No man could number out of every tribe, people, kindred, and tongue. They're going to be precious. Well, we got a lot to look forward to. Let's try to get some others there with us. Pray for Shiloh. You're dismissed. Feel free to go down and have some fellowship refreshments. Let me know if I can help you in any way. Thank you for coming tonight.